Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. So today, it's going to be a heavy episode. Uh, This week was National Sex Trafficking Awareness Week. Sex trafficking is real, and there are thousands of children who are victims every single day. My guest today, Elizabeth Frazier, was trafficked by her parents for 20 years, and she has turned her pain into healing for others, and is now heading her own company, Hero Bands, where she helps other survivors. This one is going to be heavy, so here's your trigger warning. More people need to talk about this, though, so I hope you all listen and you all enjoy. But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, and we are back, everybody. Okay, guys, I am honored to have today's guest with us today. Elizabeth Frazier is a wife, mama five, friend, empath, and sex trafficking survivor. Despite being sold for her sex nearly 20 years, for nearly 20 years, she's turned in that pain into a passion for helping others. Um, In 2016, she started a company called Hero Bands to bring awareness and hope to others. Uh, Named after the heroes in her life that helped her survive, Hero Bands was created to ease people's heartache no matter what caused the pain. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being on here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always. Uh, First off, how the heck are you? Where are you coming at us from? I am from Southern California. It's actually a beautiful day today, so just loving the sunshine. Of course it is. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> man um yeah you guys get to pay weather tax that's what all my other people friends in, in california say they yeah. say we pay weather tax but yeah <laughs> um so today's topic it's kind of heavy not kind of it's super heavy um sex trafficking is a taboo subject um for most folks but um because they think that most folks only the only thing that happens in third world countries or in the ghetto or not in my backyard Um, But it does. Um, It happens all around us. And we need to talk about it more. And there are so many people, so many kids, so many people in general that need help. and So many people that have no voice. Um, And you are choosing to use your voice um, Mm -hmm. to help spread advocacy. And that makes you a big hero in my eyes. Thank you. Um, So as as much as you're comfortable with, uh, let's talk about your story, um, how you landed in this space of advocacy. Um, So what what is your earliest memory of being trafficked and how long did it go on? And just give us, give us the story. Sure. My, my very first memory, I was four years old and at four, I knew exactly what to do. So I'm sure that I, you know, had some experience before that, but my earliest memory is four and it didn't stop until I was married. I had one son and we moved far away. And I finally felt safe to cut those ties. And I was 23 at the time. So it, as far as I'm aware, from, from birth till 23, but my earliest memory is four. Holy crap. Four years yeah. old is your earliest memory. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And just for some context, guys, um, Elizabeth did not grow up in the ghetto. Elizabeth, where did you grow up? I grew up in a very wealthy 
neighborhood actually and we lived in a gated community so to even get into the neighborhood you had to say your last name and the person's last name you were going to before they even let you into the neighborhood so it was just a very wealthy area we would never have assumed what was going on right not your stereotypical crazy people doing bad no. things right? no and that's i think partly why i feel so drawn to speak out about it now you know i never ever pictured telling this to anybody because it's pretty embarrassing to to admit to the things that happened and the things that that i did and participated in but at the same time if i don't say anything it can't stop if people don't know what happens then it can't stop so yeah. it's important to me to people to see that it is in wealthy areas also not just the ghetto well yeah and i mean you also had your choices taken away um, I don't think that I personally, when I heard about your story, um, I know some other people might've cast judgment. They're like, what the heck mm-hmm. you're married, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. People, those kind of people that sell other people because it's slavery. Let's be honest here. This is, mm-hmm. this is a form of slavery going on that mm-hmm. sell other people um, that exploit them. They have the resources to do bad things to the people that they love. They do. Um, and I imagine they probably said that they'd go after your husband and your kid if you, if you. Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah, when you said, I don't know, when you said it's pretty embarrassing to think of things I participated in, all the things I could think in my head was you had no agency. Yeah. You had no choice, especially at that young age. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't have that choice. Mm-hmm. That they feel like they can't say no. Mm-hmm. That all they can do is hope and pray someone breaks through the door and saves them and it doesn't happen. Um, and it, it gets me a little choked up. Um, so even after you're married, they still came after you. Um, so when you moved to California is when you finally felt safe enough to cut those ties with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what kind of role did pornography or social media play in your experience of being trafficked during all those years? Luckily, social media wasn't around much when I was growing up at all, actually. Um, So I didn't have the battle that kids today do. And even some adults do today, you know, that I've, I've heard stories from other survivors where social media has impacted and is continuing to impact their lives. And it's a scary thing. I don't even let my kids have social media accounts. Oh, thank you. Thank you. A sane person in the room. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it, there is no purpose for them to have it. Nope. Um, it's a dangerous thing. So I'm very aware of the dangers of it. Luckily, I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, the other side, the pornography, I, I did have a part in, and I did have to participate in it. And I think the biggest thing that, that hurts me is when people that, that engage in pornography say things like, well, it's consensual. So it's like, it's not hurting them. And in my head, I'm thinking, I was in a lot of pornography, not by choice. Right. And that was damaging to me. And it looked like I wanted to be there. It looked like I was a consensual, consenting adult, you know, but I was not. So you pretending like it doesn't do damage, damages me just hearing that. So people need to be aware that a lot of the time they're watching pornography it is not consensual. It is not. 
correct. And I, I really think some parents need to hear that. Um, not mm-hmm. just parents, but kids in general, because I know, I mean, all over Instagram, I mean, mm-hmm. pornography is super easy to access. It's just a hashtag away. Um, and they don't realize that not only are you hurting yourself um, mm-hmm. and, you know, starting an addiction that's super, mm-hmm. super hard to kick, mm-hmm. um, but you're also perpetuating someone's, you know, a crime, yeah. you know, you know, sexual abuse and yeah. rape. Um, yeah. And, and listeners, I gave you a trigger warning at the starting. So don't at me. Um, <laughs> we're talking about yeah. this stuff because it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Um, man. And now, now you're being an advocate. And that is that, that for me, you're so brave and courageous for doing that. Um, I can't even imagine because that trauma just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, holy crap. So, Tell us about hero bands. How did that start? Um, how did that whole thing start? The words and everything. Tell us that story. Yeah, I, I started my healing process when I, when I moved to California. And after finding the right therapist, which was hard, but I think important, like people that are going to go to therapy, which honestly, I think everybody should because it's so helpful to just have somebody to bounce things off of. But right. finding the right one is key. And finding one that you're comfortable with is key. If you go to somebody that you're not comfortable with, it's not going to do any good. And you're going to just, you know, waste your money. That's my personal opinion. That's what I have found for therapy. And I can only speak for myself, but that's my experience. So I found that to be pretty consistent across the board. If you don't get the right person, it's just get the right person. It's not personal. It is personal, but like, it's nothing against the therapist. You just got to find the person that vibes with you. That's right. Got to find the one that clicks the best. So Um, I I went to therapy for many, many years and started realizing some negative thoughts that I had that were, were unhealthy and um, I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And I I was at a craft fair with one of my good friends and I saw this lady selling some bracelets that had words on them. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really given words much of a significant role in my life in that point. But I was looking at these words and I was thinking, you know, I would love to feel these words. I would love to feel strong and peace and loved all these things that I didn't even know how to feel. I knew I wanted to. So I bought a few of them and I started, I wear them every day and I'd I'd sit and I'd rub them. I'd have them on these vases in my room and pick what I needed every day. Mm. And sometimes I'd have to wear like three at a time and that's okay. And I started rubbing them and picking my kids up from school and just trying to really feel what they were, what they said. And, and I started realizing they were actually really helping me and they really were giving me strength. And so I I would meet people and they would start sharing their stories with me. And I would look down as they were talking and see, I'd wear a band that I didn't feel like I needed as much anymore, but they did. So I would give it to them and later they would let me know how much it helped them. And, and I knew I was, as I started healing, I knew I was going to get to a point where I wanted to share my story to some degree. I just didn't know how I didn't feel good about writing a book. I didn't like feel ready to do anything really big. And, and once I started getting these out, it was like a light bulb went off and I'm like, this is how I'm going to help people going through hard things. It doesn't have to be what I went through, but if we say all these negative things to ourselves, we start feeling them and they impact us. So if we can arm ourselves literally with these strong words, think of how much better everybody's life can, can start feeling, you know? So 
Right. I decided to share my story. I named it Hero Bands after, because growing up, I didn't feel safe at home because it was my family that was trafficking me. And mm. I started finding heroes in my life, like school teachers and, you know, some friends, parents and, and things like that. And they were my everyday heroes. And so I named it to honor them, Hero Bands. And so it was just born and it's just kind of snowballed a little bit. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to, to share my story and just help people that hurt. Right. Well, I, I am so thankful for you. Um, over the holidays, a lot of you listeners might not have known, known, but I've been following Elizabeth a little bit. Um, and over the holidays, over Thanksgiving and Christmas, her and her family um, gave out meals to those mm-hmm. in need. Um, you know, when I talk about, you know, this page, you know, this whole podcast is usually about bullying. Um, and this is like bullying in its worst form, definitely. Um, but um, we, when we have things that happen in our lives, I talk about how we can become better or we can become bitter. Um, and from the get go, you have chosen to become better, not only become better, but to become a light to those people who are also hurting to, to use your pain and turn it into other people's healing. And just thank you. (laughs) There are no words. Um, I, I feel like it's important. People can either take exactly what you said. You either go through something and it makes you softer, gentler, and more kind and compassionate, or it makes you bitter and harsh and cruel. And I've just been lucky to be born with a good heart that loves people. And so I think because of that, I, I want to help others. I'm just, I'm just really blessed to be living the life I am. Yeah. You know, I never pictured my life like this and it's, it's amazing. So I'm just blessed and want other people to kind of feel the same hope. So. I love that. Um, and I think people underestimate the power of words, um, mm-hmm. the power of, you know, like, you know, self-affirmations I and mean, positive yeah. speech um, and the power that words can give them. Um, so I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old, um, but my two-year-old, ever since he was old enough to brush his teeth, you know, I'd have to hold him down screaming bloody murder to brush his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then he would always be crying. And so I'd stand him up in front of the mirror um and we would say i am strong and i am loved three times then i'd say and you'll always be enough and then we turn on a sound maker well we could do this for been doing this for a couple of years and um then i noticed that when he would see himself in the mirror he would go strong and i'm like yes Mm -hmm. um but the other day he fell off of his chair while he was eating breakfast he was standing up in the chair and he slipped off and he bonked his face a little bit got a little bloody nose um, and I'm like, oh, Adam, are you okay? And he looks up with tears in his eyes. And he's like, strong. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my little baby. Um, but, yeah, the words are so powerful. Um, and I love that you're using words to build people up. And I think if we were more careful with our words in general, as, as human race, <laughs> I think we're, we're, a little, we're, 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 we're a little too carefree with our words. Um, and the words that we use when we're hiding behind a screen. Yeah. Um, you talked about how your kids don't have social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you. Um, but mm-hmm. also a lot of a bi- the big problem with social media is the anonymity that people feel from behind that screen, that yeah. they feel that they can use those words and cut people down. Um, so from your perspective, um, what can we do to protect our kids from being exploited, to protect our families from, you know, being cut down and stuff like that. I know there's a lot of parents out there that they're terrified of this happening to their kids in this, this tech savvy world. 
Um, yeah. What are some things that you think we can do? Well, it is a scary, it is a scary thing to think about that it exists in our neighborhoods and that it could potentially happen. But um, honestly, when I, when people ask me what I can do, I'm not an expert on statistics. I'm not an expert on, you know, the, the likelihood of different scenarios happening, but right. I think something I am an expert in a way is just knowing what helped me right. you know, get through it and, and what would protect me. And honestly, it's just being those everyday heroes for anybody you come in contact with mm. having a safe place for them. And number one, that's your kids. Yes. Number two, any friends that come over to your home with your kids, make them feel like they have a safe place Man. and have your kids see that, that you do that for others too. And they will trust you to, um, hopefully, hopefully they will trust you Yeah. to be able to open up, uh, if something were to, you know, come up or things like that. There's also a great, I think it's a phone. I don't think it's an app. It might be an app. It's called Bark. Yeah. And it will alert parents if there is bullying going on. And if there are talks of, of self-harm or, or other abuse and, and things like that. And I think, yeah, you don't want to take away your kid's privacy, but at the same time, what would we not do to protect our kids? Right. You know? Right. Um, and, and I mean, so, to a certain yeah. extent, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was just going to, I was going to say to a certain extent, I mean, yeah, we, kids, you want them to have their privacy, but at the same time you want them to be safe. So I totally yeah. agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so as a school counselor, so I'm a, I'm a high school counselor mm. um, at Tuella High School here in Utah. Um, and I know so many kids that they either struggle with suicidality or self-harm mm. or they're working through trauma. Um, and so many kids struggle with this. Um, mm. I don't know. If, if you had a kid in front of you that was struggling with trauma or suicidality or something, what would you say to them? What, what kind of advice would you have for these kids just from your experience who are struggling? Well, I've, I've been there. I have done a lot of self-harm. Um, I saw scars on my arms from it. Um, I attempted suicide. And honestly, I still have those thoughts at times. Not, not actions on those thoughts, but I still have those thoughts. Right. And so I would just... I would just want to hug them and hold them and let them know that if they can just hold on and, and life does get and can get better. Yeah. And it's hard. It's painful. I don't want to minimize what they're going through. And I don't think anybody should try to, because then that makes them for me, when people tried to do that for me, I felt worse because I didn't feel that way. And then I added guilt to myself for feeling that way, you mm -hmm. know? which they were trying to be helpful, but it ended up piling more weight on my back. Right. I must be broken because I don't see those things or feel that way. So, so I think just being somewhere they can talk and just be and not judged, mm. you know, and not fixed necessarily unless they're asking to be fixed. Right. That's what was helpful for me growing up. And that's what I would want to do to somebody here right now. I love that. I love that. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what you said earlier, like with parents making sure that their 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 homes are a safe place for the people yeah. that enter into their home. Yeah. And for for you guys, for for huh, those lucky fifty souls or whoever is listening, um, mm -hmm. 
I want you to think about what changes you might want to do to make sure that you feel like your home is a safe place for your kids and for whoever else might be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about that. And if you need to make changes, make them. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I love all this. Um, I wish we could talk forever. Um, (laughs) um, It's, this has just been super eye opening to me. Um, and I don't know, I get real somber whenever I, I, I I've heard several of your podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. most notably your, your, your podcast was Colin Karchner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colin was a big mentor for me. Um, yeah. and so when, when he passed, that was a big blow to everybody. It was. Um, and then through his passing, um, I've been able to connect with a lot of people, um, including you, um, through this podcast, through his passing. And so, um, I'm just full of gratitude and I love this and I love you for what you're doing. You're such an amazing person and I'm grateful this conversation we've been able to had. Um, so how can people connect with you? How can people find you online? Shameless plug time. Shameless plug tag. Well, I am, my website is herobands.com and I have more of my story on there. And, um, there's an organization called fight the new drug. And they came out last year, at the beginning of last year before COVID struck and did a video on kind of my story. And so it's a six minute, very hope filling video and my podcasts are on there as well. So if you want to see or hear any of those, you can check there as well as um, the, the bracelets that I sell. And so the bracelets, uh, I, I donate $2 for every item to a couple of different organizations that aid in trafficking and aid in abuse and things. Fight the New Drug is one, the Elizabeth Smart Foundation is another, and Operation Underground Railroad. I also make bracelets for the kids that Operation Underground Railroad rescues, and those are for sale on my site at my cost. And so when you purchase one of those, I'll put your initials on it so that the child that gets it can see that there's somebody that cares about them. Oh my gosh. And then, I just actually added survivor bands, which is super exciting. And I've been able to hire other survivors around the world to make these beaded bracelets that are just stretchy. And um, I get to pay them to make these bracelets now on my site. So you can either buy a band from a survivor or for a survivor, which is really exciting. I just launched that, you know, a few days ago. So um, that's my website, herobands.com. And then my Instagram is hero underscore bands. Yeah. Those are really the two places that I am the most. You can find me there. Okay. And all of those will be in the show description. So go and follow her guys, check her out, buy her stuff. Um, either way, you're going to be supporting a survivor. Um, right. Um, and that's, what's important. I was, I was getting all sorts of just like tingles and pricklies on my arms when you're talking about all that, just cause yeah. I mean, to go from what you have gone through, to being able to literally, I want you this, you know, your company is called Hero Bands. I want you to know, Elizabeth, you are a hero Thank of you. what's going on right now. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, be sure to go follow her. Um, go and follow me, BulliesB.gun, for your daily dose of positivity. Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.